You're listening to the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. This is a conversation all about leadership, vision, and joining in God's activity wherever you are. You can follow along with today's episode using the show notes at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast or on your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode number nine of the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Crazy to think we've done nine episodes. Uh, My name is Scott, and I have the privilege of leading alongside Pastor Vance here in Las Vegas. To remind you, the goal of this podcast is for leaders to be encouraged and challenged in their leadership no matter where God has you leading. If you have come across this podcast, it's the first one you've heard. Uh, We do encourage you to go back. There's eight incredible episodes just of content from Pastor Vance. Speaking of Pastor Vance, I, of course, am joined by him here. This is, it is his podcast. It is not the Scott podcast. So Vance, how you doing today? (laughs) Doing good, Scott. Doing really good. Summer's almost over. Uh, Everybody's going to be thinking about getting back to school here soon and uh, fall season will be ramping up. So exciting times. You just ruined some people's whole day because they hadn't thought about that. It's the first of August and they're thinking, man, it's only a few more weeks. Um, But today we are going to, just as we finish up summer, we're going to do a bit of a different episode. Uh, This this episode will be released in the beginning of August. And so as we finish out the summer, I've asked Vance if he would simply answer five questions that I put together for leaders. I've had the privilege of serving under and being led by Vance for 10 years now, and I've seen his leadership in action both on stage and behind the scenes. But for the sake of this podcast, we wanted to kind of let our listeners behind the scenes, if you will, on a deeper level, just to hear from Pastor Vance on some great leadership questions. And so very simply today, we are going to ask him five leadership questions and just hear kind of where he is, where he has been in leadership. Um, Some of these I borrowed from um, some other uh, resources that I have as far as uh, leadership and leadership questions go, but uh, we'll just jump right in and, and, and start with question number one, Vance, and that is, what is your biggest leadership hurdle right now? What are you currently walking through that you would say is your biggest leadership hurdle? Yeah, I've heard it said before, Scott, that um, great strengths unguarded can become great weaknesses. So we have to be real careful with things that we consider to be strengths. And I'm at a place in my life where um, when, you, when you gave me these questions and asked me to think about them, you know, I'm in my 28th year of ministry leadership, and God's been really good to me. Uh, I've enjoyed a, much of the favor of the Lord. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people that would look at my life from a ministry leadership perspective and say that I've enjoyed a lot of quote unquote success. Um, God's been very gracious, very generous towards me. But, but because of that, um, you can begin to rely on past leadership decisions, processes. Um, and the, the reality is, I like to say this, that leaders are learners. And the moment you stop learning, you forfeit the right to lead. And so I'm at a season where I'm 28 years into this, but I can't just rely on leadership techniques, leadership decisions from the past. I've got to constantly be learning because things around me are constantly changing. And so I'm at a place where it would be real easy for me to look back at 28 years of leadership experience and just rely on the past. But a challenge for me today is to continue to learn, to to, to be intentional about forcing myself to always be learning because leaders are learners and that's important. And and another big challenge, I couldn't really wrestle it down to one. There there were two of these I wanted to talk about. The second one is that um, over the last year in our church, 
I was just looking at some of these numbers yesterday with some of our staff team, but we've experienced a lot of growth. Our church has grown by 27% in the last year. Um, we just launched our 54th church plant out of our church. So not just our church is getting larger, but the network of churches that we work with is larger than it's ever been. And so I realized that I'm now leading from a place that I've never been before. So even though there's 28 years of ministry leadership that I can look back to and draw from, I'm leading in a place right now that I've never where I've never been before. And so I can't necessarily rely on past experience because it's a new day. It's a, it's, it's a different size organization, different size church, different platform, different ministry. And, and that's a real challenge for me. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I've experienced that uh, at our church. Uh, it'd be very easy, 28 years of ministry, a lot of, like you said, quote unquote success for you to, to do what you do and keep doing it for however many years until you retire. But uh, last week you busted in my office with a book and you said, (laughs) you asked me a question I didn't quite know the answer to. And uh, you said, hey man, I got this book for you and a couple other guys on our team. I want you to read it. I want us to read it together. And I want us to have this conversation. That's a perfect example of what you just shared. So again, for our leaders, this isn't, this isn't just Vance speaking on a podcast. Like this happened last week. He said, I need us to figure this out together. Here's a book. Let's read the book. Let's talk about it. Let's take a step in this area of our church. Um, and I'm thankful for it. So that's not just something he's saying. That's something I'm, I'm watching you live. So I appreciate that. And um, definitely something that, that we're learning as we go. Well, and I had, I mean, this conversation happened yesterday um, with our senior executive pastor, Travis Ogle, and I were talking about, because we've got the way we're structured as a, as a staff team is kind of some layers of teams. Um, but he and I were talking yesterday, you know, when we really put that structure in place, our church was about a third the size it is today. And so we said, hey, maybe we need to get in a room and have another conversation with a whiteboard about even the structure of what our teams look like, because just because it worked well at one level of leadership doesn't mean that at another size or level of leadership, it's going to continue to work effectively. So a big challenge is, is not just relying on the past, but, but also this idea of leading where you'd never been before. Those are two things that I'm living with right now that are challenging for me. That's awesome. Let's move on to question number two, um, real practical for our leaders. What are two or three books that have greatly impacted your life as a leader? Yeah, I'm going to give you four. I couldn't do two or three, but I'm going to give you You're four. You're going to give us more than we anticipated? That <laughs> yeah. is so shocking. <laughs> yeah, I know. It catches you off guard. Uh, the first one is, is a given, if you know me at all. Um, I was mentored and discipled by a man named Clyde Cranford. Uh, Clyde went home to be with the Lord when he was in his mid-40s. He walked with God. After his death, uh, the notes that he would disciple guys with uh, were sent to a publisher, and they published his book. Multnomah published his book after his death. And his book is called Because We Love Him. And it's not a book specifically about leadership, but it is a book that deals, in my opinion, it's it's one of the most comprehensive works on the Christian life you'll ever read. And it really addresses everything about who you are as a leader and where you lead from as a Christ follower. And so that book, Because We Love Him by Clyde Cranford, is one that's just always at the top of my list. Then I'll give you two books by the same title, but they're different authors. One of them is is by Henry Blackaby, and it's titled Spiritual Leadership. And there's so much writing out there on leadership today that what I love about Blackaby's book is it's just such a fresh wind, a fresh approach to leadership. And to to illustrate it, let me just give you two quotes out of the book to kind of whet somebody's appetite. Here's one of them. Blackaby says, God doesn't want people 
to do what they think is best. He wants them to do what he knows is best. And no amount of reasoning and intellectualizing will discover that. God himself must reveal it. So Blackaby and this thing of leadership just drives you back to intimacy with God. And, um, and then he shows you that, that leadership is moving people onto God's agenda. Here's another quote from the book. When spiritual leaders have done their jobs, the people around them have encountered God and obeyed his will. So he just has such a fresh biblical spiritual approach to leadership that I highly recommend that book. A third book, same title, Spiritual Leadership by J. Oswald Sanders, one of the classics on leadership from a Christ-like perspective. What I love about both Blackaby and Sanders' books is they're not directed specifically towards just leadership within the church. For example, Blackaby's book, he's used to walk with several Fortune 500 company leaders and disciple them in. But Sanders, here's a quote from his book that I love. True greatness, true leadership is achieved not by reducing men to one service, but in giving oneself in selfless service to them. So Sanders' book really epitomizes Christ-like leadership, that servant leadership, and I love his book. Here's a fourth one, and it's going to be a lesser-known book, um, but I love this book because it really takes about 20 major Christian leaders throughout history and identifies a key component in their life. And the book is called They Found the Secret by a man named Raymond Edmond, and he takes lives of people like Hudson Taylor, Andrew Murray, Amy Carmichael, Oswald Sanders. All of these people had great influence and leadership roles throughout history in, in the kingdom of God. But he, he boils down this one secret that they all discovered. Um, and I really am challenged by the book every time I read it and highly recommend it. That's awesome. Of course, we will have links to all four of those books in the show notes. So um, I can attest to many, a few of those books, things that um, it's funny because we hear because we love him. Uh, we hear that one a lot. Um, Clyde Cranford discipled you. Um, it's sad to me how unpopular that book is within the Christian church. Like that book is up there with the pursuit of God. I mean, it is an amazing, amazing, amazing work. So we'll have links to all those in the show notes for you um, leaders to, to click on, hopefully grab those books and get reading. Um, but let's move on to question three. A little transparent here in question three. <laughs> what is the biggest mistake you've made as a leader and why? Yeah, and Scott, that was a real challenging question for me because if you'd said, what are some of the mistakes you've made, we could fill multiple <laughs> podcasts uh, with that question. But the pressure of what is the biggest mistake you've made as a leader, trying to think through that personally was challenging for me to try to identify one thing. But as I thought on it, thought on it, here's, here's a statement that I wrote down. Growth in your organization demands evaluation of your roles and responsibilities as a leader. And if I was going to say the biggest mistake I made was probably coming to that understanding too late. Um, it's something that I understand greatly today, but I didn't understand it early enough to avoid some of the pitfalls and tragedies and breakdowns that come from not understanding that. Just at every level that your leadership grows, the influence that you have, at every time it increases, you need, it demands that you evaluate your roles and responsibilities as a leader and, and go through a process of examining how you need to change, what do you need to give away, where do you need to raise up new leaders. 
Um, and the example, we've talked about it, you know, a couple months past in our podcast, but in my own life, it, it really hit a wall for me when we planted the church here and the church experienced explosive growth. Um, but I looked up, you know, in year 10, 11, 12, and I was still leading pretty much the same way I did in years one and two, very involved in everything. And it, it led me to a major collapse physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, that caused me to have to walk through, and we talked about this in the last, in a former podcast, but it caused me to walk through a total reorg of my life that could have been avoided if I just understood that at every level of growth as a leader, you need to examine your roles and responsibilities and make sure you're growing with the organization or the ministry or the platform, whatever it is that you're leading in. Yeah, if that piqued your interest in what he's talking about, that was in episode seven. So we started talking about out of Exodus 18, developing new leaders in a, um, the episode's called Leadership Failure 101, part one. That's episode seven. Vance really unpacks what that looked like just being real transparent, the collapse that he's talking about that happened a few years ago that really, um, you know, he's saying is, is one of the biggest mistakes he's made. And so if that, again, if that's maybe where you're living and you're like, I need to know more about that, episode seven of this podcast would be a great episode for you uh, to check out. Uh, yeah, and Scott, I would just add to that. I mean, if you're one of those leaders who right now you're feeling the burn, you are at one of those places where you're feeling like, man, I don't know if I can do this much longer. Um, you're, you're feeling that burn of leadership. You're probably living right where I was, where your, your, your ministry, your platform, your area of influence has grown and you're not evaluating your roles and responsibilities. And I, you know, I said a moment ago in response to question one, we're experiencing a lot of growth right now in the ministry here in Las Vegas and our church and what God's doing. But I think a large part of that is because God took me a few years ago through this collapse but as a result, it caused, it forced me to change. And we begin to, I began to give away so many roles and responsibilities. And what it did is it increased the bandwidth of leadership and has opened the floodgates to allow God to work in ways that could have never happened. I had become a major lid and didn't even realize it myself. Hmm. So moving on to question number four, a lot of people know Vance Pittman the pastor, Vance Pittman, the speaker, uh, maybe now Vance Pittman, the podcast guy. Um, we're going to go a little deeper, maybe uh, an area people don't know much about. Question number four is, what does leadership in your home look like? We know uh, leadership, I mean, we for now nine episodes have talked about organizational leadership. Um, this is an interesting question just to really peel back the layers of, of you and, and, and the Pittman family. What does leadership in your home look like? Yeah, and again, Scott, it was a it was a challenging question because I don't really think about um, it, it structurally like, you know, I think about it as it, it, in my job or in what I do. Um, so I, I just sat and thought about the question, you know, as, as I looked at it. And, and as I did, four words came to my mind that really, if I was going to try to summarize the way leadership works in our home, I'd give you these four words. And the first one is the word team. My wife and I lead as a team. We're in this together. Um, my wife, uh, obviously, her role is different than my role. And a lot of people wouldn't know my wife's name. She's not the type of person that likes to be out front all the time. But there is not a thing that I'm involved in in my life that I could be involved in without the partnership and the teamwork of my wife. Uh, we lead together our home. We lead our family. I'm the spiritual leader of our family as the husband. Um, but we lead as a team. She's the the life giver. She's it's that uh, that Hebrew word when um, 
the, 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 in, the, in the Old Testament when the Bible talked about God giving um, this help meet, this helper. It's not, it's not someone that's a, a servant helper. It's someone who's a life giver and breathing life and complimenting. And so my wife and I lead our home as a team. And then all of our kids are involved in that. We're in this thing of family together as a team. We're all in it together. So when we planted our church, uh, our whole family was engaged in the process at every level. Even when my kids were little, they've just always been a part of it. So Team is a big part of how we do things as a family. We're all in it together. The second word is the word transparency. Um, there's an open, authentic communication that exists in my home. And it's very different than what, you know, I grew up in. My parents are great people. Maybe somebody listening to this even knows my mom and dad. They love the Lord and they raised my brother and I in a phenomenal way. Uh, but generationally, you know, the way homes are today and the way they were, they're just different. Um, there were things we just didn't talk about, you know, growing up. And we tried to create an environment in our home of real transparency so that nothing was ever out of bounds. We, you could talk about anything, anytime, anywhere, and we could have that conversation. And so my kids have had just grown up in an environment where there was open, honest communication and, and transparent uh, information where they could get their questions asked and answered and, and we could talk. So transparency was a big part of it. A third, a third word is the word trust. Trust is a big part of leadership in the home. Um, there's got to be real honesty. And, you know, when I think about my wife and I and our relationship with each other, my wife and I just trust each other immensely. Um, and then with our kids, you know, we trust our children and our children trust us. They trust us to take care of the things we're responsible for inside the home. We trust them. Um, and the challenge in leading in a home is when there is an erosion of trust, and there will be as a parent when you work with, when, you know, when you're raising your children, there are going to be those moments where a kid will tell you a lie or do something dishonest. But it's in those moments when you have to lead through that and teach them about the importance of trust. And once trust gets eroded, how you have to rebuild trust and how trust is something that you have to earn. Um, and trust is, is, a, is a precious equity that you have. And so trust is another major piece of the way we lead in our home. And then the last one, it's just the word time. Somebody said one time, how do you spell love? Well, you spell love T-I-M-E. Um, you, you choose to invest time. And so I think inside the family unit, inside the home, you have to prioritize time. Uh, and, and the way that I've always done that as a leader in ministry for me, it's been, I understand first and foremost, my relationship with Jesus is what qualifies me to have my role of leadership in the church. But next to my relationship with Jesus, it's my relationship to my wife. And next to my relationship to my wife, it's my relationship to my kids. And so it's Jesus, then it's my wife, then it's my children. So that establishes the priority of how I need to choose to spend my time. So building a regular rhythm of time to prioritize the relationships in your home is a major element of leading inside the household. Man, <laughs> that was, so uh, I've shared on this podcast before, but um, Vance and Christy are, are huge models for me and my wife. We are, uh, I guess, 15 or so years behind them in the parenting game. Um, that may be a question you need to rewind on. There was just some solid, I almost want to pause this whole thing and do a whole podcast on that. Um, but those four words and, and, and all that they entail was huge. And so, um, wow. 
Sorry, I just had a little moment there. That was awesome. Uh, team, transparency, trust, and time. Um, that is that is really solid content. So thanks for that, Vance. Last question. Can't wait to hear your answer to this one. Uh, what would you tell 20-year-old Southern Vance Pittman <laughs> about preparing to lead? Well, the first thing I'd tell him is start following hockey sooner. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just kidding. We've had a lot of fun with that over the summer here in Las Vegas. But um, uh, now what I would say to a younger me, if I could have the opportunity to do that, is the first one is not going to be a surprise to anybody that knows me, but intimacy with God trumps everything. Um, in leadership and ministry, everything flows out of intimacy with Him. And I had to walk through the first decade of my Christian journey and role as a spiritual leader um, life as a spiritual leader, really not understanding that. And God had to really bring me through a season of brokenness to understand that the primary call on my life is not leadership. It's not ministry. The primary call on my life is intimacy. It's being with him and everything God desires to do through my life, he'd do out of the overflow of what he's doing in my life. And so that's the first and most obvious thing that I would say. The second thing I would say is together is always better. Um, leadership can be lonely, but leadership's never to be done alone. And if I'd learned that early, because I didn't see this growing up and the leadership that I saw in the church and churches that I had encountered and had experience with, it was predominantly one major leader who led everything and everything kind of revolved around them. Um, and it was me growing and learning and understanding that together is always better, that we can always do more with, with others around us and that empowering of, of other leaders around us. So that's the second thing I would say, is, man, together is always better. Get this thing of team nailed down early on, team leadership across the board. I mean, some of the greatest leaders in the Bible, you know, you think about men like Paul, but every time you read the name Paul in the Bible, the word after Paul is usually always and because it's Paul and Silas, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Barnabas. He always led with others. Jesus, always with Peter, James, and John, you know, following with Jesus. And so just people that, that just modeled throughout Scripture. So this thing of team leadership is so important. Third thing I'd say is that um, you need to approach leadership, and specifically for me, ministry leadership, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and I tried to get a lot done really fast, <laughs> I tried to move the needle quickly. Um, I was pastoring my first church as the senior pastor when I was 23 years old. I look back now and think they'd lost their mind. I have children now that are 23 years old, and I think them as a senior pastor, are you kidding me? Um, but, but I rushed everything. I was so trying to move the needle so fast that I didn't understand that what God had called me into was for a lifetime, not for a moment. And, and take your time. And that leads me to the last thing I would say, and that is that the joy is in the journey. Um, too often as leaders, we think the joy comes at the accomplishment of the next milestone. And what I've had to learn is that there's so much of the joy of leadership is the journey of leading. It's not planting the flag at the top of the hill. It's not crossing the goal line and scoring the touchdown. It's the journey of getting there. And there's so much that God does in your life, in the lives of the people around you, and in the organization or ministry that you're leading along the way, that the joy really is in the journey. So I would say to that young guy out there, man, enjoy every moment of the journey. If you wait 
for those big touchdown moments to celebrate and enjoy it. You're going to miss so much of the joys along the way. So enjoy the journey. That's awesome. And Vance, I, I, we've said this on this podcast before, but I speak for hundreds, if not thousands of people. Um, when I say thank you, thank you for being a leader that is worth following. Um, thank you for modeling so much. Again, I, I wish uh, we could get all of our leaders to, to and all of our listeners to um, understand this is not just podcast speak. This is not just sermon speak. Um, these are things that I've just sat here for the last 25 minutes and heard you talk. These are things that over the last 10 years, uh, starting as a 22-year-old guy in ministry, um, I've seen you model. And so um, thanks, man. Thanks for being, thanks for, for walking out the talk and not just talking the talk. I uh, appreciate that, Scott. I really do. It means a lot. And and honestly, one of the great, I talk about enjoying the journey. One of the great joys is watching young men like you, you know, who came in our church at, and I'll just be, you know, transparent about you for a minute. Uh, and you might not <laughs> appreciate this, but, <laughs> but you'll remember, I mean, you joined our team in, in your early twenties and early on there were some bumps, you know, where we had to really sit down with you and, mm. and challenge you in some areas of humility, just some, some things that were, I thought maybe some small character issues that we need to address and your response to those things, and now seeing where you are today, a decade later, um, as one of the major, major leaders on our team, who's a part of the teaching, preaching ministry, leading, you're, you're the executive pastor of Hope Creative. I mean, you're leading at every level in our church. One of the great joys for me is watching young leaders like you begin to thrive and grow. And I think, I think as leaders, we should all be able to look around us and see younger leaders like you that are rising up and leading. And, and here's the bottom line. I mean, Hope Church, I love what I do at Hope Church, and I pray the Lord lets me continue to do this until he takes me home to heaven. But I could honestly get hit by a truck tomorrow and go to heaven and be with Jesus, and Hope Church would be fine. Mm. They have to replace my seat on the bus because they need that seat. But I'm not any more critical to the mission than many other parts or leaders on our team. And and that's that's so encouraging to see how God's raised up these younger leaders that are carrying the mantle on. And it's encouraging to see for the future of what God desires to do in and through our fellowship. That's awesome. So for you listeners out there, hopefully just hearing Vance unpack these five questions that I asked him, uh, as you finish up your summer, as you gear up for another ministry season, uh, whether that be in the church or other parts of your life, hopefully you were encouraged and challenged today. And we will be back to kick off a September and a new season in ministry on the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Vance Pittman Leadership Podcast. You can find all the show notes on your favorite podcasting app or at hopechurchonline.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We will be releasing a new episode on the first Monday of every month to help you and your teams lead like never before.